From A to Triple Z. You're listening to 4ZZ FM in Brisbane. An original 4ZZ podcast series diving into the station's archives to explore the patchwork past, cultural significance, and incredible stories of Brisbane Community Radio 4ZZ. I'm Scott Mercer, and this is another bonus episode of From A to Triple Z. You might have heard Good Morning Mr Peterson, our previous episode about the 4ZZ newsroom of the 1980s and the station's running battles with the Conservative state government of the day. Among the journalists we interviewed was Claire Grenet, and we've dug through the Z archives to bring you a report that Claire produced back in 1986 about the riots that happened at the Boggo Road Jail in Dutton Park. In this report, Claire interviews Jeff Arafarula from the Prisoners Research Group and also features audio recorded outside of Boggo Road as she shouted questions to the prisoners while they rioted on the roof. One quick note, while the majority of this report is presented exactly as it was back in 1986, we've had to remove some music for this podcast format, namely the ACDC song Jailbreak, which originally featured at several points. Where the music could not be separated from the talking, we have re-recorded some brief portions of Jeff and Claire's dialogue. Please excuse this tampering with the historical record, but 4ZZZ does not have the budget to license ACDC for podcast purposes. And now we present this report on the Boggo Road riots, produced by Claire Grenet in December 1986. What finally happens is that the only way that prisoners can make themselves heard is to burn the place down, to make as big an an expression of anger and frustration as possible, that it can't be missed by society anymore. And um, although invariably the the issues are misrepresented and so on in the media, there's there's no alternative with the way um, present attitudes operate within the government and the media to, to riots because it's only once you have flames leaping out over the top of the walls that people on the outside actually realise that something's happening. Jeff Arafarula from the Prisoners Research Group talking about why prisoners are led to rioting. By now, everybody is well aware of the riot that occurred at Bogoro Jail on Friday night. As usual, the public have been blinded by the mainstream media as to exactly what was going on inside the jail and why. The mainstream media have of course upheld myths surrounding the riot and for example some media reports have stated that prisoners were injured because they were bashing themselves. But if you look at the real reasons why prisoners rioted you'd see that they were working together for the common goal of improving their conditions which is one thing prison officers despise and go out of their way to try and stop by bashings and generally coming down quite heavily on the prisoners. The riot took place this time in two division. Two division was built in late 19th century and hasn't been at all fixed up since then. So they have no sewerage whatsoever. They shit and piss into tin cans every night. They're locked into those cells 14 hours a day, um, no exercise um, for, for all that time, no, no running water, they can't even get a drink of water uh, for 14 hours a day. Um, 
that I think is the basic conditions which which would drive people to to want to destroy the place. Basically, what they did was they burnt out every cell. It's a logical response to those sorts of conditions. It was recommended 12 years ago in the Bredhauer report in 1974 that that division should be demolished. Longland, in his report in 1985, said that it was um, reminiscent of the Victorian area and recommended that it be closed. Nothing's happening on that. Those people are still being kept there. There is also more specific things that have been happening. The last year have been characterised by hot and cold periods where the government or the, the screws would come down hard and harass prisoners a lot and then things would lighten up and there'd be a bit more discussion, a bit more openness within the, the jail and then they'd crack down again. In the last couple of weeks there's been very specific harassment of individual prisoners like a group of prisoners would be talking and two or three of them would be singled out by the screws and told to stop talking and if they protested then they would be charged with a minor offence against discipline. Those sorts of things lead to uh, loss of remission, they lead to dietary punishment, to isolation. There's no appeal, no right to, to legal representation or anything like that. This is a completely arbitrary system that operates within the, the jail. Tension has been building in Bogger Road for several reasons. The Longland report, which was the result of the 1983 riot, made several recommendations, including a work action plan for prisoners, a more comprehensive and accessible education program, a look into the legal system, and the list goes on and on and on. All of these recommendations from the Longland report have so far been ignored. Prisoners have been subjected to constant strip searches and all the complaints from the 1983 riot and the hunger strike in the remand section which occurred a few months ago have also been ignored. A prisoner's discussion group has been operating inside Bogger Road and it was used as a forum to air grievances. A few of the main prisoners that were involved less than two weeks ago were transferred to another prison. Jeff Arafarula now goes into more detail. There was a prison discussion group which was basically operating as a grievance committee which had been meeting with uh, a person called... Um, Lane, um, who's the director of programs inside Bogo Road, and he recently um, said that has intimated that he will not no longer meet with that group anymore. That seems, or well, I think it's safe to assume that that decision came from above him within the prison's department. Also, several of the uh, of the people who were in most involved in in that prison's discussion group have been shanghaied. Shanghaied is where they come in in the middle of the night, grab them, throw them into a prison van and take them off to another prison. In one case at least, a prisoner was shanghaied out to Waikol. I'm not sure where the others went. So it seems that recently in the in the jail and this might perhaps be associated with the fact that there's a new prisons minister, Don Neal. Um, there has been a crackdown of some sort um, and a tightening up inside the prison, which is only going to serve to add to prisoners' frustrations. Now, there was a, a riot three years ago. Um, obviously, if there's repeated riots within a, a prison system, there's something very sick inside the jail. Longland re recommended in his report that the prisons uh, be opened up into, so that there'd be more public awareness and recommended a number of avenues that should be done to uh, to facilitate that. N nothing has been done on that. Um, 
in, in that in that area. So what's happening is that prisoners feel completely isolated. They feel like um, they have no alternative really. They can't c carry out constructive discussion with uh, with the prisons department. They have a number of very serious grievances about the conditions of their incarceration. Um, for example, Longland re recommended that there be urgent attention paid to the legal system within the prison. The response of the government was to set up the Galligan Committee. Galligan was an um, ex-Solicitor General, and he made a number of recommendations. However, nothing has changed at the present. That Longland recommended that committee as an interim action until the new Prisons Act has been drafted. What's happened is that Galligan went away, drafted up his idea of what the prison's legal system should be like, and that's gone off to the new Prisons Act, and nothing has been done to deal with the actual problems that exist at the moment. If you look at the way prison officers reacted on Friday night, it's easy to see why the prisoners resorted to rioting. Tear gas was used three times in Division 2, which is where the riot began, with a firebomb made from petrol. Authorities ordered the fire brigade to hose the prisoners off the roof of Division 2, but the prisoners managed to stay there. The prisoners also told us that the screws had rounded everybody up in the yard and were bashing them. Then 
Prisoners on the roof reported that 84 of them had been seriously injured. The prison's department said that only two people had been seriously injured. However, five ambulances left the prison. The father of two people inside rang Triple Z and said he'd just come back from the jail, where his son told him that people had broken arms and legs and they weren't being looked after by doctors. The Comptroller-General of the prison, Alec Lobbin, said the men would have to drag their burnt mattresses into other people's cells and sleep on them. Just imagine doing this with a broken arm or leg. Jeff Arafarula. There have already been systematic bashings that have gone on, and that's clear. That happens after every riot. After the 83 riot, there were very well substantiated allegations of bashings given to the Longland Inquiry, who simply recommended that they be referred to the Attorney General, and they disappeared. Nothing happened about them. Nagel found after the Bathurst riots that, and right throughout the New South Wales prison system, that there had been systematic bashings. Um, it's quite clear that it was happening last night. Um, there's the time-honoured tradition of making the prisoners run the gauntlet, where you have two lines of screws lined up with wooden battens, and they hit at them as they run through, one at a time. Um, so that's the immediate consequence. Neil has said that they will all be charged on Monday. Now, it remains to be seen whether that will be a Section 32 offence or a Section 33 offence. The difference between them is that Section 33 offences are called major offences against discipline and there is a right to legal representation um, there. Um, and most riotous behaviour does lead to Section 33 charges. Section 32 charges, however, are used. There, there's no right to legal representation and, in fact, it's a complete kangaroo court. The, the person who sits in judgment is, um, spends or has, has dual responsibilities also. He must hear all grievances of, of the crims and also inspect the prisons. However, there's been a complete breakdown in that inspectorate um, system, Longland, was quite critical of the way it operated. Um, but the, the way in which the prison's system, the prison's legal system operates is that basically people shoved in front of kangaroo courts with very little right to, to have a fair trial. 
if they are in Section 33 offences, they should be in open court. They're, they should theoretically be held in the magistrate's court in town. Now, after the 83 riots, there was uh, months specific, the then prisons minister specifically ordered that they be held within closed courts within the, the prison complex. Um, so the papers this morning didn't say anything about that, whether they were going to be in open or, or closed courts. Um, from a slightly more long-term perspective, they're going to have to do something with the crims. There is about... The two division houses 126 prisoners, and they're all completely destroyed now, um, or at least they'll need extensive refurbishing. So there's 126 prisoners. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly that wing was full. So um, they'll have to do something with them. Uh, Neil said, oh, we're just going to let them rot in their yards. Um, but that's totally impracticable because the control uh, problems in, in a situation like that is quite immense. Um, so they'll have to move uh, prisoners out of, of Bogo Road and they'll disperse them to places like Palin Creek and Wycoll and Woodford. Um, there'll probably be... Um, a loss of privileges um, throughout the prison, uh, not just in the uh, in two division, which was involved in the right, but they'll they'll go through and, and remove privileges throughout the uh, throughout the prison, and um, there'll probably be a lot of of residual tension and frustration, which will lead to to an increase in violence against the crims by the screws, an increase in the arbitrary treatment that they get. The idea that the screws will have is that. Obviously, something went wrong. They weren't under, they weren't in control enough, so they're going to try and tighten up even more. They're going to crack down even more. The end result of that is invariably increased tension. And um, as long as they have that sort of response, they're going to have repeated riots. Um, it's it's quite obvious that that they learnt nothing from the '83 riots. And um, even though there was some attempt to. Uh, to, to make some reforms on, on the basic some of the basic grievances that, that prisoners had after the 83 riots. It's obvious that the basic attitudes that underlie the conditions of incarceration haven't changed. So there still is no recognition of the legitimacy that of the view that prisoners can have grievances. There's the prisons department works on the view that prisoners have no rights, they only have privileges and indulgences. So if prisoners riot and in um, support of their rights, rights, then the, the, the problem is that the, the prisons department reacts negatively and says, no, sorry, you've got no rights and we're still not going to listen to you. And until those basic attitudes change, um, I think there might be some amelioration of, of the present conditions within, within two division. I, I can't see them now, after having a significant damage to that whole division they're obviously going to have to do things like put in sewerage um, and so on or they might even decide that it's it's more cost effective to just knock it down and that will be an improvement if nothing else the result of this right will be that people won't have to shit in tin cans anymore um, very isolated it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen to to the crims involved the most of them are probably looking at a minimum of eight months and for the boys who are up on the roof they're probably looking at close to two, an extra two years on their sentence, plus loss of remission, which might add anything up to um, a third of, of their total sentence. So um, they're looking at quite significant penalties. They'll also all be isolated, kept in um, 
in in um, solitary confinement and on dietary restrictions until um, until the, the charges have been dealt with. That will be completely without um, legal sanction. That's a, a form of punishment which theoretically needs the order of a court to be imposed. However, after the 83 rights, it was quite clear that prisoners were being held in isolation, being given dietary punishment without any um, actually haven't been convicted of any offence against discipline at that stage. Jeff Arafarula from the Prisoners Research Group talking about the aftermath for the prisoners. The riot is almost the same as the last, straight after a state election and straight after the new prisons minister has been sworn in. Prison authorities and officers will clamp down even heavier on the prisoners and use the same tactics of harsher and tighter security measures, which obviously include bashings. Here's Jeff. In, in 1983, there was far more communication in and out of the, the jail. Um, in the lead-up to the riots, people were more aware of, of what was going on. That was mainly through um, the efforts of the Prisoners Action Group that was active at that stage. Um, and so there was, people were more aware of the specific grievances involved. There was, there had been um, repeated problems with the food, and the PAG had been highlighting specific aspects of, of um, the the Bogo Road regime, which had become issues and and which were highlighted. And they included things like the legal system, the food, the parole, um, and the general substandard conditions in in the jail. And and there was. Um, a lot of folk, attention focused on the fact that Bogo Road breached almost all of the UN um, United Nations minimum standard for prisons. This year, um, there hasn't been that public lead up to the rights, um, so it's hard to know exactly um, how how consistent or how how similar the the basic events were that, that led up to it. It sounds like there was the same sort of crackdown, the same isolating of, of particular prisoners, um, late night Shanghai's, um, all the sorts of things which tend to increase tensions dramatically in a prison. Claire Grenet. The new prisons minister, Don Neal, has already said that prisoners should expect a hard line after the riot. The heart of the line is, and the continuing lack of basic human rights for prisoners, which is all they're asking for, will just lead to more trouble within the prisons. What is needed is, first of all, for prison authorities to treat prisoners like people and look and act upon their demands. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode. If you liked what you heard, go back and listen to the episode Good Morning Mr Peterson to hear the stories of Claire Grenet and many more Fortunable Z journalists of the 1980s. You can also check out episodes about the station's relationship with English singer-songwriter Billy Bragg and the founding of trailblazing Indigenous radio program The Murray Hour. There are more episodes to come very shortly, so make sure you're subscribed to From A to Triple Z on your podcast service of choice. If you want to support independent community media, you can help keep us on air by subscribing, donating, or buying some merch at 4zzz.org.au.